0: This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. My name is Christopher Kalala. I serve as a chief credit officer at Commercial Bank of California, headquartered in Irvine, California. We actually serve um, Southern, all of Southern California as a... Um, as a local area community bank, we're about 1.6 billion dollars, and I have a couple of colleagues here that I'd like to um, ask some questions surrounding loan portfolio management, especially in this pandemic. We'd like to discuss with you, um, present to you some ideas for loan portfolio management during this pandemic, and I am going to start with a couple questions to Daryl Fest. Daryl, if you'd please uh, share your background and. And, um, and I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the three of us are all part of the Community Bank Council, um, the RMA's Community Bank Council. We've been active members. Daryl, would you please be so kind as to share your background? And we'll go into a couple of questions.
1: Sure. Thanks, Chris. I'm Daryl Fess. I'm president and CEO of Brookline Bank. We're based in Boston. We're about a $5.5 billion bank with 30 branches, commercial and focus. And uh, I'm happy to be here on this podcast.
0: Daryl, we've talked about this, so um, for for the RMA group, about companies impacted, you know, measurably adversely impacted by the pandemic. So we all know there's certain industries that have been measurably adversely impacted by the pandemic. However, my question is, where might there be credit risk that we should worry about that is not so glaringly obvious? Chris, that's a great
1: question. You know, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a story. Uh, I was on a business round table here in Boston, and you know, was, there was a bunch of people from various industries, and one of the participants ran a public relations firm. It's not really the kind of industry you would expect might be hard hit by the pandemic, but her business actually spe- specialized in working with hotels and restaurants. Now, business dried up overnight for her uh, and compounded by that, she was bound by, by a lease. Uh, that if she had been able to sublet might have made things a lot easier for her and things probably would have been a-okay. But because no one was coming into the city, she wasn't able to sublet that space and and capture some of that income. Uh, So, you know, it's just kind of a telltale that, you know, even though there are certain industries we know are hard hit, there are those that service them as well that could be hurt as well.
0: Yeah, I think you're making a really valid point. It, 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 some of this falls into that, know your company, know your bar, know your client. Um, I have a similar situation where uh, we were, were financing, um, actively financing a lighting company, and and they make all kinds of lighting chandeliers. And and um, you learn during this pandemic how much of it was tied to the uh, hotel, particularly Las Vegas uh, casinos, hotel and casinos in Las Vegas. And it's kind of a, a similar type of outcome that 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 company is going through some real challenges. So um, those are good examples where you really got to know your bar and and, and follow through where they develop revenues. Um, My next question, other than the effects on business operating
1: entities,
0: are there other areas of the portfolio we should be thinking about?
1: Certainly, you know, at Brookline Bank, we have uh, a large portfolio of commercial real estate and I think it bears watching, Uh, particularly the office and the retail sectors. Uh, multifamily people always need a place to uh, live in Boston. You know, the students weren't here last year, so it was somewhat affected, but probably will come back uh, quickly. Uh, but the office market, you know, that's something I, I give a lot of thought to because everybody's uncertain when everyone comes back to the city or if they come back to the city or maybe it's some sort of a hybrid and companies need less space. So I think that is certainly uh, something that should be uh, at the forefront of risk discussions around banks. The other sector there, retail, um, that was already kind of on a slippery slope, uh, mostly due to uh, the um, online retail. And you know whether it's Amazon or Wayfair or Walmart, uh, that already had started to take a big cut into retail operators and now you know once the pandemic happened you saw all sorts of people go oh this is easy uh, i can just order my stuff and it shows up to my house so i think that you know the um people getting used to you having stuff delivered right to their house is a real thing and so it's going to be hard for retailers to make it uh which probably leaves um the likelihood of a lot more vacancy and maybe repurposing of some of that space. So I think that's something we really should keep our eye on.
0: What can we do though, in terms of proactive steps to measure the risks associated with the downturn in our, um, in our borrowers revenues? What thoughts do you have in that
1: area? Chris, I'm going to go back to a comment you made after the first question. And that was communicate, uh, know what your customers are up to know, um, what might affect them from this pandemic. You know, it it seems to be coming to an end, um, but there probably are still going to be some lagging effects that we're not used to and, and not expecting. Uh, so I think we also need to use the tools that are at, at our disposal, things that the regulatory environment has given us, like the ability to give people payment deferrals without, you know, having to consider it a TDR. Uh, also, You know, encourage your clients to to take um, any funding they can, whether it's PPP, which is coming to a quick close, or or state grants. You know, these are the types of things that that give them life and may keep them um, alive until the pandemic has um, subsided. And, you know, some of the predictions are that, you know, when the economy does turn back on, it's going to turn back on really hard. And so the revenue will start coming back in and these clients of ours will have made it to the end. And that's what we're all hoping for and looking forward to. Agreed. Let's
0: hope so. Excellent, excellent thoughts and top of mind. I really appreciate it, Daryl. Let me turn to uh, Fred Daniels. Fred, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your
2: role at your bank? Okay. Well, thank you, Chris. Uh, my name is Fred Daniels and I am the executive vice president and chief credit officer at Citizens Trust Bank in Atlanta, Georgia. We're probably about $550 million in assets, and our goal as a community bank is to continue to serve and uplift our community.
0: What do you think? Are the fiscal and Fed monetary stimulus programs, such as PPP and idle credits, making deeper problems in CRE and,
2: and non owner occupied properties somewhat masks? Uh, Chris, the PPP and idle programs are masking uh, some deeper problems. However, the PPP um, programs and the stimulus programs have been great for small businesses. Our bank has made over 300 loans in the first round, and we're already over 500 loans in the second round. So it's really uh, making a difference in, in regards to the ongoing sustainability of many of the businesses. But when you look beneath the surface the question is whether or not those resources are going to be sufficient for the companies to make it through the pandemic. We know that people are using PPP obviously for payroll, but they're also using it for interest payments and utilities. And so, do we really know what the sustainability of their cash flow is? We know that restaurants have been struggling. Uh, we know that other small businesses, entrepreneurs, uh, consultants, They've not seen the, the vitality in the economy coming back during the, the pandemic. They've been doing what they had to do to, to survive. And so, with the first round winding down, we were starting to see better signs of uh, cash flow and uh, revenue and how these companies were really looking to uh, sustain themselves. But then here comes round two, which again provides that bridge to hopefully prosperity, we hope that all these companies are able to uh, survive. But then you have that question that comes again of if they're using this for their payroll, if they're using it for the, the items that are intended, when this runs out, will there be enough revenue given the changes that have taken place in the economy since the pandemic for these companies to truly have a, a sense of where their you know, ongoing revenues are going to continue to be um, generated from and whether or not um, we have enough information um, for us to really assess the credit worthy, ongoing credit worthiness of these businesses.
0: So Fred, let me follow up that the earlier question with um, a question about commercial real estate markets. Given the struggles that the commercial real estate mar- markets experienced during the pandemic, how reliable do you think risk ratings are at our domestic banks without the availability of current tracking of rent concessions and rent abatements and rental occupancy figures? And is there something we can do in a uniform way with risk ratings to account for this?
2: I think that there is a a true deficit of information as it stands today. If you recall back when the pandemic first hit, essentially we gave most most businesses a pass uh, where we gave them either a 60 or 90 day deferment on payment altogether, or at least ratchet it back to interest only payment. And then if they needed something beyond that, um, we said that you'd have to provide us with some updated financial information. And we sent out, our bank sent out questionnaires to you know, all of our customers that sought ad- additional uh, support to try to get a feel for you know, what was going on with their business, um, how they had been impacted by the um, pandemic and essentially keeping trying to keep that line of communication open so that our lenders were reporting back to our credit team exactly what's going on with customers, especially in the hospitality uh, and in the retail um, industries that was that were most impacted. But you're still finding that most of these businesses have not finished their financial information, have not sent through their their year-end tax returns. And so we're still pretty much kind of operating in the blind with some of the things that we talked about earlier in terms of are they providing rent concessions are they are they providing abatements and and, and what is their true occupancy uh, especially if you're looking at different industries what additional deferred maintenance is is not being done um, to these properties and then how much of of these businesses are ever going to come back given the, the online and internet presence that most customers are um, dealing with so Uh, I think there are a number of issues that we really have to kind of circle the wagon on. For us, what we've found is that if we hadn't gotten any information on our customers, we've moved them automatically to a watch um, category. And then we have internal watch um, category that's even a step further, it's not quite special mention, but those are industries where we know there's been challenges and we've not gotten financial information We're not quite ready to say that they are special mention or move them even further classification in terms of substandard. But we believe that with some interim information from the customers, they can help us to better um, ascertain their financial standing with some projections. um, What they're uh, anticipating, nobody really knows, but what they're anticipating for the balance of 2021 and what they believe that their industry will be looking at in 2022, and that detailed discussion has been good in terms of us getting a better feel for you know if they are still struggling or if they are starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel. And so I think that we need to you know make sure from a portfolio management perspective we're keeping our finger very closely on these on these customers because what you don't want is a f- further erosion. In your portfolio, because we're not communicating with the customers and getting the type of information that will lead us to better decisions.
0: Excellent food for thought. As with Daryl, I, I really appreciate the the guidance and your sharing and sharing what's happening at your bank. I I hope RMA members that get a chance to listen to this appreciate um, the thoughts that are shared. And there's a lot of stay tuned and 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 follow up. And we should um, we'll probably have a couple additional podcasts to see how this unfolds going going forward. But Managing your portfolios is managing loss and managing cost and managing risk. So I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk to both you, Fred and Daryl, and uh, thanks for all your guidance.